What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Valley coming at you with a break from our uh, off-season grades podcast series. We'll have the final two divisions out later this week. Uh, Grant and I needed a break. I needed more time to put my transaction list together. So I figured we'd take a beat on this Monday if you're watching it, and then we'll finish those up. We'll have them out for Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, of this week. Check out our division-by-division off-season report card grades. We have Southeast, Southwest, Northwest, and Central Division out. So we have the Atlantic and the Pacific ones that will be coming out shortly. Uh, As always, we're here to talk – well, not as always. We're going to talk about LeBron James and the way that his extension was framed and what it means if the Lakers want to get another star – uh, sort of a, these one question podcasts. Uh, very quickly, though, if you've not done so, please consider hitting that subscribe button on YouTube already, smashing that like button, commenting. Uh, if you want to have a discussion, disagree with me, let's have an actual discussion. But we started to get, which I guess maybe is good because it means more people might be seeing our videos or our channel. Uh, the comments have started to get a little bit rough. And so, like, I will call uh, out assholes at this point, but comment, like, subscribe. It does a lot to help the channel grow. We try and do a very unserious yet thorough job of covering the NBA here. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, it also helps us out a ton. Even if you're not using it, go to the bot, your podcast player, subscribe, leave a rating uh, on Spotify and iTunes, leave a review on iTunes. All that stuff helps other people find the podcast. So however way, if you're using, if you don't even use them, but have access to multiple mediums, please consider doing that. Join our discord. We have a bunch of great discussions there. You get mailbag question priority. It's a lot of fun. The link to that is in the podcast and YouTube description as well. Follow us on all the socials in the YouTube and podcast descriptions as well. Uh, and that's about it for me. If you have done all those things, please consider word of mouth recommending us uh, to people who you know like basketball, whether it's via social media or you work with them in person or it's a family member or just a random person that you you see on the street need to airdrop our podcast feed too. With that out of the way, we can safely, I think, cannonball into this LeBron James extension. Uh, we didn't hit it. Again, we were going through the, I did a reaction video on YouTube for shorts, uh, but we didn't hit it initially because we were doing the, we really want to do the off-season grades, even though those could become dated pretty quickly, given how the trade market is um, structured right now. But so LeBron James signed a two-year, uh, $97.1 million extension with the Lakers. The second year is a player option. So he's essentially under contract, guaranteed for the next two seasons, has a player option in 24-25, which not coincidentally, uh, that's when Bronny could enter uh, enter the league. And he said he wanted to play with his son. There are two things takeaways here that I found interesting. One was pointed out by Nate Duncan that the date that LeBron James signed it makes it so he's untradeable this season, which is important. If the Lakers wanted to blow it up there, there's been the school of thought that, Oh, just trade LeBron. Who cares what he wants? Yada, yada, yada. So the timing was interesting. Maybe you're just surprised. He didn't wait longer to leverage um, a Russell Westbrook trade. I do think though, and sort of the other interesting takeaway here is that this doesn't force the Lakers to trade Russell Westbrook, but maybe it incentivizes them to at least be more open to trading the 2027 pick because you know, you get two more years of LeBron at least rather than one potentially. And I guess the third thing here is like LeBron has said he wants to play with Bronny before he retires. If LeBron is still one of the five best players alive in 24, 25, that doesn't mean he has to go where Bronny was drafted the first season. I'm sure a team might consider taking Bronny just so that they could have access to LeBron if he is playing that well. But like the timeline here isn't just his contract is set up this way, but Anthony Davis has a player option that year. The Lakers have basically blank books if they want to, depending on other contracts they might sign. So I think this was just sort of a win for the Lakers to know that you have the LeBron and AD core for another two years. And you can at least project forward to that rather than just the one season. With all that said, this was framed by Woj as the Lakers will now have room to add another max player in 2024 free agency. And so the big question is, can the Lakers add a third star to this LeBron and AD core? Uh, 
The answer is sort of, but not through the methods that you think. And so looking at free agency, there might be players that are available and it's certainly better to sign a star free agent if they're, they're hitting free agency rather than trading for them, because that's costing you in the Lakers case, a 27 and 29 first round pick at, at minimum, in addition to other stuff. And they don't really have much other stuff signing them outright. Uh, it doesn't cost you those assets unless you need to dump money. So the Lakers, as of right now, I think the best way to look at this is leading into the summer of, of 2023, excuse me, that's what I was talking about. The summer of 2023, just pencil in LeBron and AD salaries. Everything else is fungible on this team. Austin Reeves is cap hold so low. They could get rid of Max Christie if they want. Um, Talon Horton Tucker and Damian Jones having a player option is kind of a big deal. You can jettison those contracts and maybe Talon Horton Tucker represented by clutch, I believe, um, is willing to opt out and do the Lakers a solid since frankly, they did him a solid by giving him such a two plus one deal. If you just tear this roster down to the studs where it's LeBron and AD, and then you just pencil in all the minimum cap holds, you're not even, they're getting rid of their first round pick. New Orleans has swapped rights on it. The most cap space they can get is $34.7 million. That may change if the salary cap increases by more than expected, but LeBron's salary will increase in that, um, that scenario. So they will have $34.7 million in cap space at most. If they tore the roster down to the studs, where it's LeBron AD and then a bunch of empty slots, that is enough to foot the bill of a 25% max contract, a player who's been in the league up to six years, fewer than seven years, however you want to frame it. Those max contracts, they never switch teams. It is very rare that a player who's been in the league like we're talking, most of them aren't even free agents at that point because they've signed these extensions previously, never even getting to restricted free agency. So they could put in a 25% max bid, but the sweet spot is having the ability to offer a 30% or 35% max. The Lakers, it's about $40 million for a 30% max in 20, the summer of 23. And it's about 46.6 for the 35% max. And there's no wiggle room on these salaries. Like what AD and LeBron make is what they're going to make. So they do not actually have room for a max player in free agency of 2023. I also saw it framed as they will be able to add a third max player in 2024. Well, duh, because LeBron and AD both have player options. If let's just assume they both exercise those player options and you're again, willing to tear the roster down to the studs, you can get up to $36.4 million in cap space because you're going to have $90.6 million, uh, committed to LeBron and AD plus I'm penciling in some roster charges at about 1.2 million per not to convolute this discussion with the numbers, but basically in, in the summer of 2024, if LeBron and AD both do you a solid and they might not, they might decide to opt out uh, and try to get more money. But if they were willing to opt in, you're looking at 36.4 million in cap space at most roughly. That is again, enough to get a 25% max. It doesn't get you a 30% max or a 35% max. And so you would need them. The reason you would be able to add a third all like max player, so to speak, is because LeBron and AD took pay cuts in 2024 and 25, or at least one of them did. And I would guess people would expect it to be LeBron. I don't know if either of them are willing to do that. I certainly, the way LeBron has operated since his days in Miami, it hasn't suggested that he wants to operate that way. Maybe if the Lakers do, uh, sort of make a trade an impact trade that extends his title window. He'd be more willing to take a pay cut, but that also adds long-term money, which is the other th there's the fragility here in that is the Lakers can't add any long-term money to their books just because they don't have the equity to get off 
these these contracts. Like they're probably trading if they're making any big trade. Maybe they could trade Russ for someone with longer salary and not give up picks. But if you want them to be able to sign a third star and have a reasonable chance at it, it's not going to be in the summer of 2023 at this point, unless that star is taking a pay cut. And I think it's unrealistic and also unfair to expect these players, these max players, if they're no-brainer maxes, to take that pay cut. Uh, and just like with LeBron, like if the market for him is a max contract, uh, he might just decide that, you know, I'm I'm not going to to take a discount. Someone's going to pay me a max. The Lakers would pay him a max when he opts out, probably if he's still playing up to snuff. And there's also just the matter of, okay, well, we'll look at the free agency class next year. Uh, and you wouldn't even look at next year. You'd look at the summer of like, because if you're looking at 2023, are you bowling over yourself to like try and get Chris Middleton really good or Andrew Wiggins? Certainly not D'Angelo Russell. Like those are players where they're actually, you might be able to get a third star. Like if Chris Middleton opts out and you do have $30 million to offer, like, is that enough to get him? Is he a sub max player at that point, even though he's eligible to sign a deal that starts at 46.6 million? Is he viewed that way around the league? I, I would imagine his number would be higher than the Lakers could offer. So I do not think the Lakers are going to be able to add a third star to LeBron and AD through free agency. With that said, their best path to getting a third star is still making the Kyrie Irving trade. Like that's really the answer to all this is you trade the 27 and 29 picks and Russ's salary. And there's, you could put in other money to make it work. Um, and you acquire Kyrie Irving, who is your third max player, and then you re-sign him when he hits free agency next summer. Uh, you still have, and like that, I, I think some people might be turned off by the idea because it's costing you two first-round picks, and Kyrie's been mercurial is probably the kindest way to put it, and what's the rest of his prime look like? He's entering his age 30 season. He's not He's not at like ancient, and so... If, if the Nets are willing to do that deal and you pull it off, because now you know that since LeBron and AD are both going to be there, uh, maybe Kyrie is less of a risk to leave in free agency, um, then you're golden. Like, there's your third star right there. You try and flesh out the roster around them with your, uh, you know, mid-level exception and then hope you hit on some of your minimums. In that scenario, like, you definitely would still have Talon Horton Tucker's contract to trade. I If you get Kyrie for one pick, of course, like, if the Nets are willing to do that at this point, I would be shocked if they were. But... Yeah, you go that route. The Lakers being able to get a third max player, a third all-star player, th their only chance to me realistically is making a trade. And I don't know who else would be, you know, Lakers fans have been pretty adamant that Miles Turner doesn't qualify as that third star. And that's fine if you don't want to frame it that way. I don't know Russ plus two picks if that's getting you anything else. And you're also not going to be make, I think you could argue a trade beyond this season because you have none of this long-term money on the books like to match with. Uh, yeah, if you're using cap space as your prerogative and you're just like absorbing a max guy who comes on to the trade market. So you could offer, in theory, next summer, Talon Horton Tucker expiring and two first round picks and then just take uh, take a star back into your cap space. You could do that. What star is becoming available where that's going to be possible? Uh, so now almost feels like the time because as much of a, I don't want to call it a detriment as much as an albatross is the $47.1 million Russ is making this year uh, has turned out to be. It's a salary anchor for a star trade that the Lakers are not going to have after this season to make something midstream until at least the 2024 deadline at that point. Because if you go through, use your cap space, you need to wait for those players to become trade eligible. And so the only way to acquire a star would be, well, are they making under $34 million, let's say, and just taking them into that cap space while giving up two first-round picks. 
that again just feels unrealistic. We don't see those a stars never just traded for two first round picks and nothing else. Sure, you could do a sign and trade, but now we're again getting into the realm of the numbers are squeezing. The max money just doesn't compute still. It remains very hard to add a third star when both of your when you're two, if you already have two incumbent stars, it's a lot harder to do so outside of a trade just because of the way, even with the cap going up, these three max deals, if you already have you know two guys who are on a 30% max and a 35% max, it just gets incredibly difficult to, to work that way. Like the math just doesn't add up. That is like, it, it, I'm not even going to do that, man, but it's just, it's too hard to sign one outright. And so the framing that the Lakers will have enough cap space to add a third all-star in 2023 is inaccurate. And in 2024, it's just a matter of, okay, well, that's because Anthony Davis and LeBron have player options. And right now, LeBron and Anthony Davis are even the only players on the Lakers roster that have options for 2024 and 2025. You know, maybe technically the the deal that Max Christie signed, uh, he's a two-year deal, so he could be a restricted free agent in 2024. But the only, there's no guaranteed money on the Lakers books in 2024 right now. And the only like actual options they have on the roster is LeBron and AD. And so if you're thinking they're going to add a free agent, I would look to that summer and you would have to bank on, okay, well, um, someone's going to take a pay cut to come here or LeBron and AD are going to take a pay cut. Is that going to be to get who clay Thompson, Pascal Siakam as of right now is slated for free agency. Then is it Paul George or Ka- Kawhi Leonard? Like why would they leave each other? Drew holiday could be available. I believe that year. Does CJ McCollum even qualify at this point? A lot of people think he's going to extend. Uh, Jalen Brown is slated for unrestricted free agency. That would be mega interesting then, as is Draymond Green. He's a player option for next year, though. And to that point, that's the level of star you would be looking at if you think you can sign one with LeBron and AD, is if Draymond is not going to take his max salary and he's taking $34 million a year or whatever. And it's technically a sub-max deal for him, but you get what you consider a star. Uh, is Draymond going to be worth that? when he's at that point going to be heading into his age 33 season, I believe the uh, I would, I would probably argue. No, he might be worth it specifically the warriors, but for a, a Lakers team where they wouldn't have a ton of depth or youth on it. So it has to, I won't say it has to, but it's going to probably need to happen where you're I'm not saying overpaying, but you're going to have to sign someone in 2023 who's a star, but taking sub max money and substantially below probably their sub max or, you're, you're, and I'm not even saying it's going to be Draymond Green. There was a, a report from, I think it was heavy.com the other day said that Draymond Green is expected to opt out of his contract next summer. And it, so like, uh, they came from heavy aggregated Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective. So, but that's the point is if the Lakers want to star in free agency, you're probably looking at either someone's taking a pay cut to come to the Lakers, which again, that just, we don't see these drastic pay cuts. Like to say, like someone's going to take $10 million less to come to the Lakers. Um, we just don't, you can't bank on that. I would say it's not impossible, but you can't bank on it or you're expecting LeBron and AD to take pay cuts in their next deal, or at least one of them. I would say that's probably more possible than expecting a newcomer to take a pay cut uh, or you're doing it via trade and your best chance to do it right now, just given the circumstances is the Russ and picks for Kyrie and however else you want to structure that. And so that's where I'm at. I don't think it was a mistake to give LeBron the extension. I think it was smart for both parties. LeBron keeps his flexibility. The Lakers can at least build out two years into the future rather than just one. And if all doesn't go according to plan for the Lakers, there are worse spots to be than having a shit ton of cap space moving forward and being the Lakers. And also like Anthony Davis is still there. 
Like this isn't someone whose you know career is just over. He's painted as injury prone, which I get. He always seems to be dealing with something, but he's going into his age twenty nine season. Then he'll he'll play out his age thirty season, and then he's a free agent heading into his age thirty one season. So just like there are worse spots to be in. Yeah. You'd want to have some draft picks to like restock the well at that point, but there are things the Lakers could do here. I would say that now is their best chance to get that third star because of what's happening with Kyrie. Just maybe that doesn't work out. Maybe I'm misreading the market or the, the willingness of LeBron or AD to rework their next deals. Uh, but I would also argue it's the best chance because people think LeBron is a flight risk. As soon as Brody enters the league, I would be, I don't want to say floored, but it just wouldn't, I'd be fairly to moderately to very surprised if LeBron James decides that he's going to play with Bronny in year one, because it almost like suggests, is he going to, I guess it depends on the team, but like, is he going there for the longer haul? If he can still play like just, you know, selfishly, I want to see it'll be his age 39 season that he's entering when he can be a free agent. I want to see LeBron continue playing into his forties. If he's playing anywhere near this level, I'm not ready for this ride to end just as a pure basketball fan. And so if he goes anywhere else, I just want to see him keep playing, but that's where I'm at with the Lakers. I don't think this LeBron James extension changes anything about how their, their ability to add another star. There was always this Kyrie scenario sitting on the table. If it worked out in their favor, Um, or you're looking at sort of a sub max level player that they could go after. And look, this is the the final. I'll wrap this up here. It doesn't have to be a third star or bust here. Like they're if they're slated to have cap space with LeBron and AD, like you could if you really just tore it down to the studs and had your your cap space and your room exception, like and then kept your 23 uh 2023 draft pick, maybe the Pelican swap depending on how you finish the season. Like you can just build out depth around these two, which is still a like quality way to cobble together a contender in the Western conference. And so I would argue that this extension to me makes the Lakers immediate future a bit brighter, maybe not so much next season, um, but perhaps next season, because if you believe this makes it more likely that they'll trade picks since they have LeBron for two years. But I just think knowing that you have LeBron and AD plus cap space in 2023, I wouldn't expect you to get a third star. That would not be my prediction. Unless it's Kyrie Irving right now, um, or Draymond Green really wants to play in LA and the Warriors disrespect him in extension talks and only want to pay him like $25 million. Unless it's a situation like that, you could just instead assemble a bunch of depth. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one question. We'll be back to the off-season grade grind very soon. Uh, please, please, pretty please remember to subscribe to us. Hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice or both podcast players. Download every episode. Tell people about us. Follow us on all the socials. Join our Discord. The links to that are in the description. And like always, I leave you with a shout out to the one, the only, the legendary will be available for a max contract, maybe if the Lakers have enough room, Frank Nielakina. <laughs>